0: Wes Lucas Lucas Wes, I don't know that y'all Did have you? ever encountered each other.
1: I don't, I don't think, think so.
0: So, what,
1: what circles do we cross in besides you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Wes is a longtime martial arts student teacher, um, both of the external and internal varieties. He's hmm. known Tom for considerably longer than I have, and they have uh, okay. trained together. He was like part of some of the original jangu tuena classes if i remember correctly yeah. as well as still is uh in that mix cool man so that's how we yeah. know each other
1: yeah uh, yeah hoping to just start that
2: soon ah uh, brilliant stuff yeah. not that i'm biased but <laughs> <laughs> not at all me either <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, right. <laughs> yeah I, I can't wait i yeah, it's like next priority, you know? Oh, it's amazing. If, and I, I would also say, I'm sure you've probably got this on the radar, but if you do the Twaina, the Zongfu material is priceless. Mm, mm, um, mm. Yeah. That's Does that make sense,
0: Lucas? You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the organ regulating work is really yeah uh, crazy.
1: I imagine <laughs> it just kind of like, it's a seamless transition,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. that yeah. and like totally. to me it also gets to the root of sometimes these intractable issues and and at least for me, because mm. I you know, you're you're a Chinese medicine practitioner, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean so for me it really put a, a very physical bend on some of this theoretical stuff, even mm. beyond like, oh I can let me free up the plural dome to set a neck. That's one thing. But the other thing mm-hmm. is the functions of the lungs for me, because I've never been to Chinese medicine school, so oh. it, it really gave me an in to stuff that I was reading in the the Nanjing, Nanjing, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So especially with Tom being such a, a three burner oriented person for diagnostics and other stuff, it really it really provided a lot for me. So, I, and I think that yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I just get, most people I know that do the twaina when they do the zongfu fu twain it just it's a game changer
1: yeah that um that's an interesting way into this world yeah <laughs> and in in some ways i kind of like it better yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean because you get all these weird biases you get all these you get all the confusion when you go to school hmm. rather than a lot of the organic learning that happens when you're doing like martial arts or body work, you know, you're just like, you have these inquiries that lead you down certain paths. And then it's like, and then you have a learned teacher say, Oh yeah, here's the connection. And you're like, what?
2: (laughs) Yeah. That that's been the best for me. Like when I got to know Tom, you know, because of my life situation, the Chinese medicine school is not, it's a long distance, if at all thing. But he was like, Mm -hmm. He was like, I'll, I'll teach you anything you want to know. And I was like, well, okay. Now you're never getting rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and, and through him, you know, like I'm in a translation slash reading group for a commentary on the Shan Han Lung with Craig Mitchell. Um, you know, so it's like I, I have access to other people that like mm. – um, I'm talking to Sabina Vilms about learning classical Chinese. You know, it's like – it's this whole world that's opened up because of yeah. training with him. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I still mm. have to pinch myself sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome.
1: That's yeah. super cool. Uh, what, Lucas? The... Do you have
0: something in front of your camera?
1: Yeah, is it cover- covering something? Yeah, it
0: just looks sort of strange.
1: Sweet. Oh, is that better?
0: That's better. I'm covering <laughs> it like mine? you were halfway in the uh, exactly <laughs> halfway in one of those curtain partitioned rooms, and in like a field hospital. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, I was, because um, that's my secret. You know, I told you, Taryn, my secret to being more relaxed on camera is, mm. or on these podcasts, is to cover my camera or cover my view of myself.
0: Ah, uh,
1: well, yeah. It's weird. Like, I keep seeing myself. I'm like, what is that? Stop it. I'm talking. I'm talking. You stop. You know what I mean? It's like, that's funny. Really weird. So, because it starts to become like a performance for myself, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I want to talk anyway. So, so that's really fascinating. So, you're doing a a translation of
2: another translation of the Changhunlin, or a commentary on the show? It's a commentary by somebody named Ching. and uh, I mean, I'm I'm like way over my head, much to Craig's amusement sometimes, but um. I think if only because it's revenge for me correcting his Bagua all the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it's super interesting. And part of it for me was like, if I look at like all the stuff I've been learning from Tom, it's like, I think one of the last frontiers is this like, all right, somebody's got this chronic problem with their shoulder. It can't get better. It's a constitutional issue. Mm-hmm. So how to address that with better diagnostics and more herbal knowledge than what I currently have, which is all geared towards orthopedics or martial arts training, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. Oh, maybe their liver yin is deficient. And that's why the shoulder won't stay fixed. So how to, how to go about that, mm-hmm. so, which I'm just starting with. And, you know, Tom's been helping me, but any kind of way in I can get, and, and I want to study Chinese anyway. So, cause I'm, I'm trying to learn both classical medical and normal so that means like uh, modern yeah so I suck at all three yeah
1: consistently. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tried to speak to um we we invited this guy over from China to help um teach some classes over here mm-hmm. and uh I tried to speak a little but most of my knowledge is you know medical chinese yeah yeah <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't I don't I'm just more confused
2: yeah. yeah, I I had a tutor briefly a couple of years ago, and she like she would laugh at me because like I know all these esoteric either medical or Taoist alchemical terms, and she's like, "But you don't know how to say like, where's the bathroom?" So right, like, right, oh. right. Story of my yeah. life. Right. The Arabic I, ne- I know is similar. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You I, say, like
1: I have fulminant downpour, but not fulminant downpour.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where, or where is the room t- to vacate? Yeah. Yeah. My mud palace hurts. (laughs) Yeah. You keep reading Tien is heaven, but it's day. I'm like, yeah, but every time I see it, it's heaven. (laughs) Right. 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 Oh man. To
1: be on the other side of that, it's gotta be amazing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Who are these people? (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I, I I
1: do want to say that, um, I find that foreigners, quote, mm-hmm. you know, are are and the foreigners interest in ancient aspects of the, uh, East Asian culture. Mm-hmm. I think it is partially what's really helping to save the integrity of its of the like the traditions, mm. you know, as the, the young kids don't want to learn traditional characters as much. You know, it's a generalization, of course, but like. Yeah, In in Japan and China, they don't really want to learn those. They want to do script or they want to do shorthand. They want to do simplified. It's like whatever I can click, uh, whatever I can do faster. Yeah. Do you know? like And we're and the ones in, that are like, oh, go ahead.
2: Yeah. You see it in martial arts too. Like I have a friend who mm. lived in China for like three or four years and he did a, a style called Pumbei Bai Yunchen. And his teacher mostly taught people who are interested in kickboxing.
1: Oh, wow. interesting. But he's
2: like one of the top practitioners of this like rare, you know, it's through the back white ape system it's called, but uh oh, but okay. he had very few students in it. Most people he taught sanda to kickboxing. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so I don't know how it, this
3: <clears throat>
0: I was just saying do. it doesn't it doesn't really it works any way we want it to. We just basically okay. We're doing <laughs> go, it right go now. wherever is interesting. And <laughs> what I was going to ask you, Wes, since Lucas doesn't really know you, um, is mm-hmm. if you would talk a little bit about your martial arts life, either mm. currently or, you know, trip down memory lane, whatever feels interesting. Because I think that just kind of jumping into that stream will probably produce some interesting inquiry. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. I, uh, I started martial arts in 1981, um, being in new England, it was mostly Kenpo variants. Um, then I (laughs) lucked out and actually found a teacher in a classical Japanese, a classical Japanese system. And, uh, that basically consumed my middle school and high school years. Um, he left the country and when I graduated high school in 89, and then I uh, I pursued less classical Japanese martial arts. I did various styles of karate, judo, Aikido. Um, then I met a teacher named Bruce Jutnik, if you're familiar with him. He's out of California. Uh, he teaches a style of Kenpo called Kosho Shoryu, but he also mm-hmm. does um, Filipino arts, Indonesian arts, Chinese arts and when I met him, it was like this revelatory experience because here's a person who was phenomenal at these different culturally different arts. And when he did them, it looked like that's all he ever did. Mm. Um, Which left a really big impression on me of like, if you're going to do these different arts, you you owe it to them to fully do them and not look like a hodgepodge of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So he became my first formal teacher in Filipino martial arts, which at that time, anything non-Japanese was, you know, oh, this is interesting. Um, And I also learned some Chinese arts from him. And through him, I met uh, Willem de Tours, who became a teacher of mine in both Kuntao and Penjak Silat. Um, The Kuntao is super interesting. If you're familiar with what it is, it's... I don't um, think so it's kind of like if you take Chinese martial arts in a little time capsule for when they were like used Mm. and place it in Indonesia where it still had to be used. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That's what it is. It's like this old school Chinese martial arts that spent several generations in Indonesia. Um,
0: Wes Mushtaq talked to me once about a Bagua style that he learned that was Indonesian. Is that connected or the same thing?
2: So, if if we look at the term Kuntao, right, it's a Hokkien word. Um, mm-hmm. It's got three layers of meanings. The first most basic one is any Chinese martial art done in Indonesia, people tend to call Kuntao. It can oh, okay. be modern wushu, taiji chuan, it can, you know. The second level down is like how I tend to use it, which are these like <clears throat> encapsulated old school or old hand martial arts. Um, the third level are it's a very distinct type of hakka martial art mm. um, I don't do that the The art that I learned from Willem de Tours is not hakka based <clears throat> uh, Some people say it is, but it, it it's not when, when you look at Hakka martial arts, they're very distinctive it, it's not that it's more the middle one of like this kind of old school mm. system um, but along with that, I did learn a Bagua system from him called Bayun or white cloud Bagua. Um, mm. so, and, you know, within that Milu, they tended, it's very obvious it has mixes of Taiji and shingi in it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like somebody took a, a, a system of Bagua and took it apart and made like, made you learn like just individual moves that you put together on a circle. It's not like there's no eight palms or right. anything mm. like that. I mean, they are, but they're loosely choreographed. They have no real relation to what you'd see as a, Single palm change, double palm change, mm. <clears throat> yeah. But the uh, the uh, this, the main system I learned from him is is a. Uh, it's like somebody took stereotypical northern long arm boxing, and southern short kind of boxing, and mixed what they considered essential elements of Taiji Bagua and Xingyi. Mm. Uh, it, and it sounds like it might be a train wreck, but it's actually they took care in putting it together and it's, it works. Mm. It's very cohesive. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I studied with him for, for a while, uh, studied various other Filipino martial arts until I, I found a system that I still practice to this day, which ironically is the one that Tom came up in, in the seventies. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Ter Shakali, Yeah. Which is how I first heard of Tom. (laughs) because he's, he's a bit of a big deal in that system, winning the the um, this big tournament in the Philippines in 79. Um, <clears throat> then I studied some Western stuff like boxing and catch wrestling. Um, and then eventually, you know, I met Tom in 2004. And then in 2006, I asked him if I could, if he'd take me on as a private student in Xingyi Chuan, and then later, you know, Bagua. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's now that's up to my point now. So <laughs> cool. And I think I actively practice, you know, Bagua, Shingi, This really interesting Chinese art called Chilin Pai um, mm-hmm. that, that was created here in the U.S. Um, uh, and then I still box and do grappling to catch wrestling and and Piquiti Tirashakali, the Filipino martial art.
1: It's a lot to practice.
2: It's a lot of homework. Yeah. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I practice a lot. <laughs> yeah. Wes is
0: kind of known for that amongst our <laughs> crew and in fact, kind of beyond our crew too. But uh.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, my, I have a people make fun of my, uh, my um clipboards that I have in my workout space where I have a pretty detailed schedules and things and, yeah
1: <laughs> i mean at some point you know you have to right because,
2: yeah well i mean that's you know that's part of it right i mean that's you mm-hmm. you do the work right i mean that's mm-hmm. how do you get to carnegie hall right <laughs> right <laughs> exactly practice 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 right yeah what's that and, old
0: uh the william sutherland thing where someone was like how do you how do you do that right he would play this game with his wife This is two stories shoved together, right? But he would Mm -hmm. play a game with his wife where she would blindfold him and he would sit at his enormous hardwood dining room table. Let's say it was four by 10, like, you know, Mm -hmm. big. And Mm -hmm. she would put objects on the table and then he would place his hands on the edge of the table and have to tell her what they were and where they were. Wow. Um, And so, you know, people would always be like, how, how how do you do that he's like it's really simple you yeah. just practice eight hours a day yeah
3: <laughs>
2: you to get good. yeah simple but not easy
3: right exactly
2: right yeah. right well right. and also like i think it you know it's funny cause listening to your conversation with tom and he mentioned well a bunch of stuff that really resonated with me which we talk about all the time anyway but it's like the the one thing right and that's mm-hmm. to me like if you look at the arts that I do, they don't, they don't get in the way of each other. It's not Mm -hmm. like, and it parses into my study of Chinese medicine and healing arts. It parses into my study of Chinese language or of Buddhism or alchemy. It's all the, the one thing, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like there's more
0: things going on, right? And on some, level of appearances, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, at the root, at the core, it's like, no, this is just the changes, man. Right. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just just like I'm doing my best to harmonize with the Tao and it looks like lots of different things because it's ceaselessly changing. But at the same time, you know, it's just Tao. Or yeah, you know, that's what we call it. Even though of course that's not what it is.
2: That's what it is, right. (laughs) Yeah. Can't talk about it.
0: Can't talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) It. We can talk about it, but it ain't the thing. Right. Right. Yeah, it so, just it pops you. into
2: my head this funny synergy, right, between that quote from the Tao De Jing and Fight Club. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Nicely put. Uh, yeah, I like, it. I like that. No, but it's like, and I think sometimes, you know, not getting in the way of each other is important. Like, um, there's a Japanese mo- classical martial artist named Ellis Amder who I, anything he writes, I'll immediately read. He's He's an amazing practitioner and but he's he's an inheritor of two classical Japanese martial arts that are very different, and uh, he wrote an essay, in fact, about how difficult that can be to fully embody two traditions that are so different. Um, mm. And I think that's important too. And you know, in this kind of world where we have opportunities to study multiple traditions, it's like I again, I'm reminded of. Uh, I was, like I said, uh, Bruce Jutnick was hugely influential on me, and I remember going to California and staying with him for two weeks, studying at his school. And, and I wanted to learn. He was my first teacher in this Chinese art that I do called Qilin Pai, and I approached him about learning it. And uh, he's a big guy and uh, very physical, very imposing. Very, he's he's an amazingly skilled fighter, and this is important for the story. And and I remember sitting in his office, and I said, you know sir, I'd really like to maybe start studying Chilean Pai. And he comes over and he gets like really close to where I'm sitting and he kind of looms over me. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and he says, I'll teach it to you. But if it starts looking like the other martial arts that you do, I'm going to kick your ass from here to Boston and back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He says the arts deserve to be done and embodied the way they are not. So it looks like everything else that you do. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Message received. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, do you feel like you kind of put on a different hat? Or is there like something you kind of, is there like sort of a ritual that you do when you sort of have to change modes? Like, okay, now we're into the, we're moving on to Southeast Asia. Well, you know, you sort of like have this little, maybe a physical ritual or I don't
2: know. It's more. There's definitely a division in practice. So, like, you know, when I do Bagua, I do Bagua, then mm-hmm. stroll around a little bit, then I do my Shingi, then I mm. take a little break, then I do Chilin. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, yeah. I don't go, because I, I, I try to be very mindful about it, right? Because it's, sometimes it's easy to go, oh, what's today. Uh, I'm going to review Shingy linking and now I'm going to do single palm change. Now I'm going to do Chile in this. And it's like, and it becomes mm-hmm. very mindless and that's just not productive mm-hmm. I, and it's detrimental. Right. So I, I have this mm-hmm. very distinct kind of division between when I practice these things mm. and I have a schema too, with the way I practice where um, I have these key words for myself, um, review, refine and explore. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, cause it, it's not just going over choreography. Right. I mean, that's right. All right. So what now that you know, that, do you really know it? Right. And so mm-hmm. I have the review aspect where I mindfully try to keep the curriculum current. And then I have other projects within those arts that I'm, I might, you know, for, for a month work on single palm change for like an hour and really dig into it, really refine it, really explore it. And then, you know, like, maybe something else. And that's separate from just the review part. So, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you want to go deeper into these things too. Right. I mean, you don't want to just, Oh, I've learned the curriculum. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: right. Wes, with that taking the single palm change for a month, would you put that in explore and refine? Does, could it be either one depending yeah, be on either one? Yeah. And yeah, how exactly. do you, how do you in your own work, like, how do you split that? Or how do you look at the difference between refinement and exploration?
2: So to me, refinement, it has, has a external eye to it too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm refining how it feels. So there's an internal eye. Like, how does this feel in my body? Am I, am I moving from the dantian? Can I feel this kind of spirals? Can I, you know, and then aesthetically too, like, you know, is my elbow out? Is this not, am I not, you know, mm-hmm. and that, so that to me is the refinement of certain qualities. Then exploration is like, what does it mean? What Mm. can I do with it? Mm. You know? So I might like, you know, I've, I've great students who sometimes I can just say, Hey, do you want to, you want to come over and work out and just have them throw punches at me? And I just do single palm change, figure that Mm. out or think of like, Oh, but one of the things I really like about, uh, catch wrestling and boxing is that they are fertile grounds for, testing things on people Mm who don't want you to succeed (laughs) you know and uh they don't even have to know that that's what you're doing right Mm -hmm. Right? in fact it's better if they don't so like Mm -hmm. it keeps you very honest (laughs) yeah you know especially because everybody i work with in those two arts is younger and in better shape than I am. So (laughs) (laughs) There was was a high rate of failure years ago.
1: (laughs) But I like that too, because that keeps from getting stale and rote. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Because you you see people like that, but probably in medicine too, where like they stopped learning years ago. Oh yeah. And now it's just rote, Mm -hmm. right? And that's, I mean, I look at these things whether it's medicine the martial arts or you know spiritual or alchemical pursuits for lack of a better word it's like it's such it's such fertile ground and there's so much to it like why would you not continue to explore it like Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and you see examples of that right the the everybody's got that story of oh you know like uh professor wally j right small circle jiu-jitsu expert. I I I went to a bunch of his seminars in the early nineties and so here's a guy who got his black belt in Danza Nuru Jiu Jitsu and then I think several years later Pearl Harbor was bombed. right, so that's the time frame we're talking about of how long this this fellow's practiced. Mid nineties we're setting up the mats for this four day camp. He's in his seventies at this point and he's practicing breakfalls on the mats. Like you know <laughs> oh my God. So it's like you know, or like uh you know, that one guy is like like uh I think there's a story about Liwa Chang talk doing Pichuan out over in a corner. You know, like he's been doing this for sixty something years and he's still discovering stuff, you know, or or uh I have a story about Tom where he taught taught me this um advanced linking form in Bagua and you know, and I came home and in the, one of the detriments, right, of long distance study is if you forget something, it's like, oh, no, uh, this is mm-hmm. driving me crazy. I'm not going to see him for another couple months. So I called him and uh, he answers the phone. He's out of breath. And I'm like, oh, what, did I interrupt you? And he says, oh, I was just just working on the double palm change. And I'm like, oh, when did you start that? He's like, oh, nine. I'm like, it's 1130. He's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, did you want something? No, <laughs> I'm good. Please don't let me interrupt you. All right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just gonna go back now. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so that's I mean you know so that's that whole idea of exploring and refining you know because mm-hmm. it's not enough just to like I said wrote do stuff right I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear if you've got any
0: uh, stories about the like Shinyi or Bagua in a boxing context, right? <laughs> or like catch wrestling, I can sort of visualize a little more for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like that, but I'm like, so we're boxing and like what, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm just curious to hear how you're approaching that. Is it primarily strategy and tactics? Are you looking at dynamics? Is it all of the above? Are you like not boxing? You're like, I'm straight up doing Bagua with this fool.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: and so, how do they feel about that when I'm walking behind them? They don't like right. it. Yeah,
2: I'm sure <laughs> I'll tell you know. right now, I have, I have trading partners that are like, okay, this round, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> just, it stay in front of me, please. <laughs> We're boxing, um, dude yeah so f- first of all when i when i say boxing i should say that um the, the type i do with with my training partners is not um conventional western boxing are you familiar with um rodney king from south africa yes okay familiar but uh, i
0: mean to say so a little his, bit about rodney king and his work though because i have a feeling
2: i'm in the minority in this conversation. Yeah, yeah okay yeah, so yeah. he's He's a guy that came up in the martial arts in South Africa, worked the door of several bars, seen a lot of violence. And he's a, a boxer. He also does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But he he kind of posed to himself, how can I teach boxing that is, as he calls it, non-attribute-based? Which means give people skills that don't require you to be in a gym training like a professional six, seven days a week.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it eventually turned into this style of boxing that he calls a uh, crazy monkey boxing mm. uh, and it part of it is this idea of this high guard where you're shielding yourself with your forearms and it's, mm. it's more like boxing applied to like self-preservation as he calls it, or self-defense or bare knuckle fighting, not sportive. Um, and I've followed his work. I have a friend who's a, a associate a representative coach under him and, um, so that's, that's my orientation when I say boxing. Um, so within that, I look at both, like you were saying, Taryn tactics, like, can I use Kobu to really try to flank this person? Mm. Can I use from Shingi horse where you're hooking and doing all this close in sticky stuff that is very different from what you conventionally see when you clinch up in boxing? And can I use, and this is true for catch wrestling too. Can I use internal body dynamics or internal power under stress? Because right? it's one thing to like, you're doing forms, you feel that connection to the dantian. it's, you've got these spirals, everything's nice. And then you're in front of somebody half your age trying to knock your block off, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So it's, so to, I guess to answer you, it's all of the above. It's mm, mm. tactics. It's can I, can I stay kind of internal, with my power generation and stuff. And can I use some of these things within, within this milu? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That, yeah. that helps
0: me imagine it a little more clearly, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to imagine the beginning of that process, just picture me getting hit and thrown a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> understood
2: yeah it's it's a
1: learning curve <laughs> yeah yeah but <clears throat> i imagine that once you get going and you start to feel it then it the tides turn quickly
2: oh it's interesting and like the stain yeah like i remember at one catch wrestling camp at dinner this uh person i worked with comes up to me at at dinner and he's he's got a notebook out and he's like man like What's your weightlifting routine? <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, what's your weightlifting routine? I'm like, I don't lift weights. And he's like, no, you you got to like the way you were moving me around, like, you, like how did you do that? And my friend, who's who's also a catch catching practitioner and a student of mine and other things, was like, he turns to the guy, he's like. You don't want to know. It's this weird spirally stuff where he moves his organs. It's voodoo. Like, it's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, how do you explain that to somebody like, oh, just stand like this for a while or do this nagong or, you know, it's like.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, either they like. And their eyes glaze or maybe like a light goes on and they're like, What? you can move your body from the inside Yeah, like there's a way to move that's not about muscles right yeah i mean it's more the glazing totally (laughs) but you know it's it's funny i feel like you know so often i i work with a lot of folks in clinical practice who do some kind of movement something you know they teach pilates or they you know they're a dancer or what have you and this is not true across the board right um Hmm. Even when people first come in, but so often folks will in their work, they'll be talking about these kinds of interconnections. They'll, you know, or uh, another body worker and they'll be like, you know, they fundamentally don't think that they think of the body as being pieces and parts Mm. or that it's all about muscles. But then when you start to talk to them about an injury pattern, right, or something that's like they can't work out, it always comes back to like, it's, it's this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. It's this muscle. Like somebody told me it was this muscle or there's a tear here, you know, which I totally understand because it makes sense, even if I don't actually think that the sense that it makes is very accurate Mm -hmm. in terms of the organization, you know, of the body and especially like how we're going to maybe help help this person. But, you know, it's uh, once there starts to be some kind of experiential understanding of that, like it really shifts, yeah, uh, like a lot about perspective and embodiment in a way that I think is just so profound. I mean, I know I'm preaching oh, to yeah. the choir on this, one, yeah, but yeah. Like, <laughs> there's an interesting thing, right? Where, where you know, sometimes I think we can get so deep into that that when someone like comes with this, you know, I am a mechanism yeah. kind of orientation, <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, right, like that's a thing, yeah, mm-hmm. right, I, that that's a way.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like a. I, I thought about this a while ago, and I was I was talking to somebody about it, where it's like, it's almost like Zeno's paradox, right? Like, okay, if we look at the the distance between the arrow and the target, and we keep dividing it in half, mathematically, the arrow should never reach the target, but that's mm. not the way reality works. And I and I look at how people think of like, oh, I've got a tear in my rotator cuff. That's the problem. Uh, um no, but I could see where you might think that because it's mm. it's that mechanistic kind of right, like mm-hmm. dividing that distance in half. It's like mm-hmm. that's not real that's not how reality works.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: You know. So you have to kind of like you said, You're not wrong. It's torn. Yeah, right? it may be torn. That's that's yeah. true. That's true, but
0: True but partial. Yeah.
2: Right, exactly. True and but partial, right. Yes. I like that. Yeah. No, it's, you know, and I, I try to do that. Like, you know, so, sometimes practicing Twain on, on people who, who I know they're, you know, they're combat athletes or they're this or they're that. And it's like the slow walk, right. Or mud stepping. You, mm-hmm. I've shown that to a number of Muay Thai folks because of, you know, hip knee issues or whatever. And it, it's funny to see that light bulb go off where they're like, they're at first like mystified that they're so weak moving in this pattern and it's like well but cuz well my legs are strong well yeah for for this
3: mm-hmm. but
2: your legs are more than just kicking somebody or the your thigh or doing squats and there's all mm-hmm. this other chains of movements that connect to other parts of your body and just to see that cuz it's very felt for them you don't you don't really need to explain much they just they can't do the the mud stepping so it's like mm-hmm. oh this is weird you know and you see mm-hmm. that shift kind of happens sometimes like you were talking about Taryn yeah know? yeah no I mean it's 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 phenomenal stuff you know and it, and but you you know it's funny when you talk told that story about Sutherland you know and and you can see that kind of understanding too in old school osteopathy mm-hmm. you know um yeah where it's like, oh, that's what they're talking about too. Yeah, I, I'm a
0: huge fan. Like, yeah, big, big influence on the work that I do with folks every day. Yeah, I, um,
2: I the book, uh, I actually bought it before I even met like Tom and Frank for the Jungu but the ligamentous articular strain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, you know, and, the, you know, Tom t- also taught a craniosacral class that, you know, were you there?
0: No, I wasn't. Okay. And it only, like, happened once, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he yeah. has said to me that he doesn't really love teaching craniosacral because I was like, dude, I'd love to get your take. You know, it's something I work with a lot. And he's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was like, well, maybe we can sit down and talk about it at some point. Yeah. Right? That, yeah, yeah.
2: Right? like yeah, I, he, had, he had talked about that course for, like, seven years before he did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. But, like, and just to see, like... The subtlety of of that, and how again, it's the one thing, right? It's not, mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, you know, they kind of do this, but Chinese medicine does this and does, you know, and it's it's not so separate. It's like, oh, it's right. just different names for the same mechanisms, you know. And it just works so well, and and it ties into the Zongfu, Twina. I think we were talking totally, about, really. and I I think, and I'm sure if there are osteopaths
0: listening, some of them will want to beat me senseless after i say what i'm going to (laughs) say next but i feel like fundamentally at least in the way that i kind of understand and relate to working manually is it's largely i mean it's relational and it's perceptual right and Mm -hmm. so there's this way that cultivating um palpatory resolution or literacy you know and 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 then having that understanding of a set of dynamics right of a way that things move and don't move um that the techniques are great you know but it's really not about any of them Mm -hmm. it's really about this kind of perceptual relational space you know that one can eventually with enough practice start to uh engage with rest in more often than not right like, yeah. like mm-hmm. there's always times when one is more on than others yeah. <laughs> um yeah and that's when it's great to have techniques where you're like well i'm not i can't mm-hmm, not i am mm-hmm. not perceiving it so let's do this thing yeah right? yeah because yeah. there's a I, i'm pretty sure that this thing will work even though when one is like more engaged there is no thing it's just like mm-hmm. oh well i don't have to set the rib i just have to like this is the place and then it moves and then like the rib doesn't it's not where it's not supposed to be anymore.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's Um, like, yeah, I think that mechanism is is what we're striving for in any of these one things, right? Like martial arts like that, like it's great to have forms and it's great to have techniques and examples. But ultimately, you're looking at these principles that you're embodying to solve the particular problem, whether it's Mm. somebody trying to knock your block off, throw you on your head or or whatever, and it's like sometimes we have to learn it right, like this kind of rote technique, but then eventually you embody those principles and it just happens according to the situation. And yeah, and um, it's like when you see Tom do a bone set in, in, in breaks or stuff like that, sometimes he does something, and I see people like looking through their notes, like that technique isn't in here. Well, you're right, I mean, it, it, it is. <laughs> That right. That's what needed to happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, it's interesting because, like, the um, the more external sets are the thing that I've studied the least, right? Because when I started studying with Tom and Frank it was right at the cusp of the end of their mm-hmm. teaching partnership. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I did all the sort of, like, foundational stuff. And then Jango uh, stopped. So like mm-hmm. right as I was gonna do the bone sets like oh in okay, 2012, 13 or 14 yes. right, which is when I started studying with them. Um, like there was this long pause, mm-hmm. and so I did a ton of the Tuana that I had learned, right in the in the years that passed, and then once they started teaching again separately, I started studying with them. But still, it took a while for those sets to start getting back into the mix. Sure. Um. But since I had a craniosacral background and I had done some of the internal regulatory work right with them before they had the Zongfu curriculum back when it was just a, you know, a weekend's worth. Yeah. Um, I just kept like exploring those things and trying to find through those principles ways to solve as we're talking about, hmm. you know, these riddles. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm not as good at like The big external sets because i've only seen them a few times like all of them but it's interesting because at the same time you know for a long time i had this idea that i was going to need to get that particular set of tools in order to solve this set of problems Mm. which i don't think is untrue right there's definitely things that those things are amazing for and probably nothing else will do Mm -hmm. um but not having them just demanded a level of engagement and creativity on my part where, I mean, I certainly could have failed that challenge and I do Mm -hmm. plenty. Um, But in the main seem to, you know, necessity being the mother of invention or creativity Mm -hmm. in this case, like just, okay, well you're going to have to figure out how to make, make things, you know, more cohesive, coherent and harmonious because this person is here and they need help. And you don't have that thing that you think is the right thing. So what else are you going to do? right um so that's been an interesting like it's been super useful it might have been nice to go a different way but at the same time what what are you going to do right like yeah. you've only got the it's, path you got right.
2: so yeah it's, it's what exactly. you're done, you know exactly no and i think that's that's the idea of that the profundity of these things is that uh those underlying principles right it's it's and i think that's where people can make the mistake right like you learn according to it's like a diamond, right? Like in the beginning, you have all this fundamental stuff, all these techniques, all this data, but then eventually, you you kind of transcend and include it, mm-hmm. and you get back to the idea of this principle. And then what emanates is what you need. Yeah, mm. right. And th- you can get stuck in, a, like I'm sure, both in martial arts and medicine, we all know people that like can rattle off all these techniques, but all right, but it's it's very it's just a collection of stuff. Right. 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 And then there's others where, you know, maybe they don't have as many, but man, the, the principles that they know, they can apply to everything. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm thinking, yeah. uh,
0: <clears throat> Michael Max likes to say this thing where he's like, if I ever find myself in clinic thinking, well, th- the theory or mm. theoretically, or Mm -hmm. you know it says he's like i know that i don't have any idea what's going on in this right (laughs) (laughs) he's like that's all good and yes we should of course study all those things but definitely Mm -hmm. in the moment i don't want to be leaning into you know what the
2: theory says right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's the Mm -hmm. thing like you've got like a a a movement of like oh we need to get rid of this technique and all this stuff and then you've got other people that are in love with it and i think obviously the answer is in the middle right i nice buddhist answer right it's in the middle (laughs) but uh where you you use those things but that's not the end right Right. i mean um a very good friend of mine in the filipino martial art that i do he's got a great quote that i think sometimes people don't quite get where he says uh the art has more answers than i have questions Mm. you know and he's he's not talking about my art's better than anybody else's it's just that when you understand the underlying principles to something, you should be able to answer just about anything. Yeah. right. Even if it's not listed in our catalog of techniques and forms and whatever, right?
0: Well, and I think where it gets even more interesting, perhaps, is when, you know, and I don't know that this is a universal, right? But I definitely think that there are, and many of the arts that we're talking about, Um, Well, some of the arts that we're talking about, I have a personal experience with, and I I can say that I know there's a connection to this next statement, but like where it's like those principles, yes, they're about solving these kinds of physical puzzles, many of which are pretty high stakes, Mm -hmm. but that where it gets really interesting is when we recognize that it's not just about the ostensible set of knowledge, right, that the principles apply again. We're back mm-hmm. to the, like, you do one thing. But often yeah. people are like, well, one thing, but it's here. You're like, well, no, nah, if it's a good one thing, yeah, <laughs> it really should transmit and persist through, you know, multiple ontologies and not just be like, this is a combative set of strategies yeah. and I can understand combat with them. Like, that's great. Mm-hmm. But if it's really a profound inquiry, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to apply, right, yep. in a much broader way.
2: Yeah. And I think, if if I think, like, when you when you take both martial arts and medicine, I think the a great example of that too is like when you when you encounter a set of issues that the the system that you practice does not seem to have answers to
3: mm-hmm.
2: right And mm-hmm. so you find one that does. and but that doesn't mean you have to drop the other one and that doesn't mean it's not a continuation of the one thing, right Because right? we also mm-hmm. have to recognize that these encapsulated systems, they can't be everything to everyone. Right. And so you've got this, the meta of the one thing, but it's these different, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I, I I went to massage school um, and it was a good one. Like we, we did a lot of stuff with addressing patterns of tension and all this other stuff. It was great. But, you know, I graduated with this profound idea that like I need more stuff, you know, then a year mm-hmm. later I, I did the Jungu jitsu and went like 5 minutes in I'm like, "Ah yes. This is <laughs> this is the more stuff. <laughs> this is the, yeah, stuff. this <laughs> is the more stuff." <laughs> you know, like uh then like a year after that Tom was teaching his uh the gongfu medicine course, you know, mm-hmm. with the um, stuff and we were at a Muay Thai gym in New York and he was he was talking about oh, it, it, he got injured in China. I think he, his first rib got broke. Um, and he said, you know, it was painful, but he said, all I needed to do was just stand like this. And he, he went into Shingy's Santi posture. And, you know, you're, you're in the martial arts for a while. You can, you can recognize when people have like weak spots in their postures, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There, there was, there was none of that. Um, and it was like this most like profound, like he hits that posture. And I was like, and i said to the guy next to me who's some like muay thai kickboxer and i'm like did you see that and he's like he's just standing with his arm out and i'm like it uh, never mind and i'm like <laughs> yeah <"You know?" laughs> that's not true but partial. Yeah. right exactly and i'm like Th- that <laughs> i want that you know um but it and i was really struck by not only the the posture and watching him move but also like it's just a continuation of everything that he does, you know, within the medicine, within this. And it was, mm. it was a very early palpable idea of that one thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was
0: that prior to you studying Shen Yu with him?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was, so my first Junggu Chwena class was in 2004. Okay. Um, right. so I'm thinking this, this was, had, it had to have been around 2005 when he, cause I mean, you know, you watch him move and it's like, it's obvious there's skill there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, that, that's it. Doesn't I mean? I'm kind of surprised
0: the movie Thai guy couldn't see it, even with him just standing there holding his arm out, right? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, not, yeah. Like <laughs> it, it, it's pretty. It's pretty palpable. I, I think even someone, many people who don't train, like in mm-hmm. any kind of physical discipline, would be able to look at Tom move and be like, "Okay, that's." Most people can't do whatever that is. I don't know what right, that is. Right. But like that is yeah. something specific and kind of yeah. unique
3: you
0: know, and <laughs> deeply trained
1: yeah well it's just like when you look at those muay thai champions they can they always kick off their back leg but it's like super fast you can hardly see it as soon as they get into their stance you're like oh yeah oh something's
2: coming yeah (laughs) you don't want to be here (laughs) no exactly (laughs) exactly yeah yeah but it so you know that was really interesting seeing that and, and thinking like there's something going on here, like it's, mm-hmm. you know, and but also having that realization, I probably couldn't have put it into words, but like, it's not different than the medicine it's doing. Right. And having a martial arts background, I think, really helped in the sense of looking at Twain and being like, all right, we're learning a bunch of techniques, but that's not it. It's a way in, and like you mm-hmm. said, sometimes it's necessary, but like it's there's more. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I had a teacher one time, uh, sort of, he let it slip that he was sort of frustrated that we need any of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he teaches a lot of food medicine. He's okay. Italian. And so he, like, teaches his cooking classes and he's... it's. I think it's, it's, it seems a little bit more like an Italian cooking class and like the love of food and, you know, just being very Italian yeah. than it is necessarily about nutrition, but he's a fun guy to to be around. So, but he also does a lot of Qigong and he's teaching this like anatomy two class with like, I don't know, neural anatomy or something. And he's just like, you know, but all this stuff, we don't even need it. We don't need Western medicine. We don't need acupuncture we don't we just need to do qigong guys come on <laughs> you know I'm just like you're not wrong yeah but like you know i can't tell every until patient. you are
0: right <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like yeah. yes right it would Why? be good if we all did internal cultivation practice
1: and sometimes
0: you yeah. get hurt or you get yeah. sick yeah. and you have you know like all the factors right i mean i know you know this right. lucas i'm just like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. but yeah. again true but partial today's theme yeah
2: which no is, but I, yeah. go ahead oh i was just uh, th- that's the thing i really too like about and admire about uh like tom's direction currently with like a lot of what he's publishing where like yes he doesn't have a clinic but he's still helping people in the sense of like like his his that that book he published a bit ago on his two immortals
3: mm-hmm.
2: health cultivation where it's like do this like have some kind of Dao yin some kind of qigong, some type of meditative practice. And I mean, like the health benefits are immense, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, so this is, and like you said, but sometimes, you know, you get a wind pathogen or something falls yeah. on your head or you trip, but, mm-hmm. but sometimes, you know, I'm sure you guys see this too. Like you have a client and you're like, or a patient and it's like, you know, if you just did this, you wouldn't need me. <laughs> yeah. I've said that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Sometimes (laughs) folks are willing to listen and sometimes. Yeah. Right. Not so much. It's a funny funny business. Right. Because in a way, like you would like to not have them pay you or not have them see you. Like, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. I mean, you know what I (laughs) tell everybody who's new is I'm like, my goal is to have you out the door for as long as possible, as quickly as possible.
2: Yes. And they're,
0: they, often I get a look and I'm like, yes, I know. It's not a great small business model, no. but, it is. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's true. Yes. Right? That, that's that's for my point of view. The practice of medicine is about the obsolescence mm-hmm. of the provider. And what we want to do is we want to help your system get back into a state where it is actively auto-regulating In Mm -hmm. such a way that you don't need intervention. Like, we'd probably all do better with a, you know, a tune-up. Sure. Once a month, once a season, whatever works for you, depending on the factors in your life, right? But, like, Mm -hmm. really, we, you know, there are uh, healthcare models that are about getting somebody to come in once they come in for multiple times a week, like, for the rest of eternity. Because somehow that is medicine. And I'm always like, "Mm, really? Because if it were good medicine, why would I need to keep coming back?
2: I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. Yep. Right. It seems <laughs> like somehow this is a dependency kind of yes. scenario. Yeah. And why can't this be fixed? Or why can't right. I return back to? Yeah. Right. No. I mean, and I I help There are certainly cases, right? Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. You know, right.
0: they've gone on long enough that really the best we can do is is just keep keep things yeah. moving, but it's it's not going to get to that state. But I think there are. Less of those than sometimes folks think.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Like, I had a friend who kickboxed and he hurt his ankle, and I remember helping him with it. And I'm like, Yeah, you're good. Now just do the soak after I said it and do this Qigong, and you're good. So when do I see you next? Uh, You you don't, you know. And then sure enough, I ended up seeing him again, and I said, What happened? He says, Oh, I I didn't do the soak and I didn't do the Qigong. And here we are. (laughs) They need to hear the same thing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Take two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I appreciate this conversation because as three dudes who are active in their self-cultivation, um, you know, I think we're all in agreement. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I have some, um, acquaintances that have said that they don't need the vaccine from COVID because they cultivate and they think that everybody should just live healthier and they don't need the vaccine. And I feel like it's really important to say like, listen, I do the work, Mm. but I got the vaccine. Mm. And if you're, you know, if you're, you know, opposed to the vaccine for one reason or another, I understand. But like that principle alone, I don't think is enough. Mm. You know, I think it's helpful and important right now is to get back to some sense of normalcy, especially, I mean, maybe it's a little bit hard, easier for me to say because I live in New York City. So, like, if we're going to get out of this mess, Mm. (laughs) these many people living in close, close proximity, like, we got to do something. I didn't necessarily want to get it. Yeah. But I had to because, you know, that somebody else who can't get it because of a medical condition, I got you. Mm. Do you know what
2: I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like that I do- Sufi saying, right? Like, trust in Allah, but tie your camel anyway. <laughs> right. Exactly. <No? laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I, I never thought I'd say this, but man, I miss New York City. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I used to go all the time to visit Tom. Yeah. You know? Like, Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Once a month. I haven't seen him in a year plus, you know. Then Should talking you... to him recently, I was like, Oh, you know, I got the vaccine, I can come up and see. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna be in France and I'm like oh, man. <laughs> So he's touring again then? Huh? Uh, no, 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 no. They Oh okay, okay. He just they really like France. So Oh he's just like Psst, I'm out. I yeah. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> yeah, so I'll catch up with him in I think July, so <clears throat>
1: Okay. Oh, that's not too far away. That's
2: great. No, no. Not, I'm not counting the days or anything. When,
1: <laughs> I have to look on his schedule because I might want to get in on that. That sounds awesome.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So I haven't well, been to Well, any New reason a I
1: was going to say, any reason to get the, the two of you here, that'd be great. It's all, you know. yeah. I got a buddy of mine I used to train with um, out of Boston. He finally moved here.
2: Oh, where um, was he? In, what did he do he, here in Boston?
1: He studied uh, with Master Young. Oh, okay. Yeah, for like, I don't know, 20, 25 years or something like that. Hmm. Basically, most of the time he he was there until he left and went to the retreat center. Oh, nice. And so finally I have him here and I'm like, yes, Jim, <laughs> <laughs> when are you free?
2: Yeah. But, I have a yeah. friend who just started studying with Kathy Young. Oh, yeah. Great. My friend's like, do Where's you know she... her? I'm like, uh, I mean, I know her. Uh, sure. Duh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she She's on my short list for guests. Cause oh, nice. I want to I hear – I want to talk to her about – because obviously she's, um you know, seen M- Matthew Young's evolution of theories mm-hmm. on things. Especially this qigong over the years, and like, you know, now she's been in practice as an acupuncturist for a number of years, and I want to see how, you know, she's digested this information, how she's implementing it, you know, because they're they're corroborating on new material, books and and such. Oh, nice. So that's the stuff that's going to come out soon. It's like going to be awesome. I can't oh, wait. Nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good. You know, talking to. I mean, have. That, that was one of the great things about one of many great things about my relationship with Tom is just that not only is he my teacher in, you know, Shingi Bagua and Chinese medicine, but also we, we kind of collaborate sometimes and check each other on ideas and, and things like that, which is priceless to have,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I often look at a kind of development in the martial arts and like you can develop right in these four, Kind of ways I I pattern it after the Sershong, the you know, greater yin, lesser yin, greater yang, lesser yang, in the sense that that like you grow by either just being a student, right? Ultimate yin, right? Mm -hmm. You're receiving, you teach, kind of ultimate yang, right? Mm -hmm. You solo practice, right? Which is yang with this yin idea of receiving and looking at the data. And then the opposite is working with others, whether it's competition, mm. peers, people from outside your system who can offer a view. And that's, you know, so I so to have people you can bounce ideas off of and can kind of sometimes you're like, hey, I have this. And they just look at you like, uh, no, you're like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Glad that got yeah. stopped now. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <clears throat> or, you know, you're doing a practice. And. You know, it's something you can't quite figure out on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And all you have, all you need, is that one phone call, even. Yeah. You know, or video call, and they're like, "Oh no, just do this," or think about it this way. Oh. Yeah. Well, but you wouldn't have gotten there, at least
2: theoretically, yeah, <laughs> would yeah, have gotten there
1: know. by yourself. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, yeah,
2: and I mean, uh, you know, definitely this last year has definitely shown that, like. It's good to be on point with your solo work. (laughs) But sometimes it illustrates that necessity of like, having other people is good.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: So
0: Wes, I'm curious and you can, um, if this is not a direction you want to go in, I totally respect that. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm curious to hear thoughts you have on, in your own practice, the intersection of martial practice and spiritual practice and i recognize that this is a continuum you yeah. know and those things are not uh, decouplable entirely but i also know that you have different orientations right that you're working from and so i'm i'm just curious to kind of like hear how that how that is for you on a on a practice level like what kind of perspective you have in terms of your own the moment you're at in your own inquiry and development around that um because this is something that's super close to my heart too so
2: yeah no it's it's uh (laughs) there's there's a a, my broad answer before i start in on it is that uh it it presents me with some really interesting things that i haven't completely worked out um so as as a preface my uh I'm a Theravadan Buddhist. Um, if, if I had to check a box that said, you know, religion, mm-hmm. it would be Theravadan Buddhist. I did a, a, a friend of mine in, um, who teaches theology at Susquehanna University, runs a martial arts camp every year, and there's an uh, uh, academic portion of it um, for the school to sponsor it and everything. And, and he and I did a talk <clears throat> on religion and violence. Uh, he covered uh, Christian just war theory. I covered Buddhism. And um, I I started out my talk with this instance in the suttas where uh, a warrior came to the Buddha and said, You know, I fought these like horrible people for my village or whatever. And they were very just. Am I going to be reborn as a whatever, suffer and all that stuff? And the Buddha's like, Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but it was all this. And he's like, that, that's just the way it works. Um, and I said, so that's how I'm going to start. Like, there's no answer here. <laughs> so part of my thing has always been um, looking at that idea of, of nonviolence within the, the Theravadan tradition. I can't speak for Mahayana or Vajrayana um, and and squaring it with the study of martial arts and in my case, too, having jobs way back that required the use of violence. And, and, um, and as much as we want to talk about highfalutin ideals within the martial arts that we study, I mean, you know, we're still studying ostensibly these things that hurt other people. I mean, that's, that's the origin of them, right? I mean, they somebody didn't go, oh, I want to create a way to be better. Uh, we're going to do it through fighting. Um, (laughs) you know they might be that now but their origins are in these things that uh, a friend of mine who writes a lot about violence uh, Rory Miller he often talks about the origin of martial arts being to create cripples and corpses (laughs) 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 you know so uh, so you know there's that origin and that activity and then how do you square that with with a teaching that says you know that's not okay Mm-hmm. I, I have no answer by the way <laughs> I wish I did um and I'm and I'm definitely not one of those uncritical followers of something i I have plenty that I'm critical about within within the path that I follow um so it's been an interesting engagement of these kind of ideas um they've also with the study of the Chinese internal arts and and Chinese medicine it's it's brought an interesting aspect of this kind of nadon practices too um i i feel weird sometimes saying taoist alchemy because like i'm not a taoist um and i don't want to start talking about like creating my own thing by picking little aspects of things because that never works (laughs) but these these practices that were influenced by taoist traditions or even proto- taoist traditions and and looking at sometimes what i consider a within some styles of contemplative practice, this kind of your body's just something that gets in the way mm-hmm. aspect that I find like, that's not cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they've definitely given me that practice as well. Um, you know, me, as well as, can okay, I pause I, you for a second yeah. and ask
0: a question about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I know a decent amount about Theravada and Buddhism, not, I've never been a practitioner of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I did go to Naropa and like spent a fair amount of time oh. studying Buddhism when I was there. Uh, was part of the degree that I got when I was there it was an interdisciplinary degree in Buddhism, oh, nice. psychology and the body. So that is not to like pat myself on the shoulder. It's more to say like it, you know, so I'm not basing this off of nothing, but at the same mm-hmm. time I have a pretty limited understanding specifically of Theravadan Buddhism mm-hmm. um, since I was, you know, in a academic context, which was more leaning into Tibetan
2: yeah,
0: expressions, area. right. Of, of, of Buddhism. But one of the things that has struck me sometimes as I have <clears throat> come into relationship with, with Theravadan practice and um, philosophy is that it actually has struck me as one of the orientations from a Buddhist framework that seemed like it was not particularly into the body mm-hmm. so my first question is am i misreading that
2: you're not misreading it so so one thing I should also qualify my my taravada in practice is is rooted in the suttas it is not rooted very purposefully in the vasutimaga and the abhidhamma studies got it so I I don't those those don't factor into my practice. My practice is mainly based along the suttas. Um and you're you're right, but you can find these suttas that talk about um the winds in the <laughs> body and these kind of interesting um uh results of jhana practice. Right? Because, you know, the suttas don't talk about this samatha and vipassana as these two separate things. It's right. you know the Buddha was asked, how do you become enlightened? Go do jhana, you know, or Bhavana, this, multi- this mental cultivation. But, and they often talk about these very physical results of it, these relaxations, the winds moving and stuff like that. But those tend not to be engaged in that way. Right. Right. So yeah, you no, you're not misreading it. I, you know, and I, this might be a whole other bop as Seku Sundiata would say, but like, you know, that, this also what what results from a a largely male monastic movement you know um you've got all sorts of issues that you can critique and right come up with and this this idea that the body kind of gets in the way or that you know you feed it so you can then sit and then do this stuff and you deny all this other stuff i've always had an issue with um yeah so and you know and part of it too is like so, you know, in, in the 90s, I was hugely influenced by the work of Ken Wilber. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all this, you know, transpersonal stuff that I I look at things with and also philosophically, like, you know, Michel Foucault, uh, George Bataille, um, some of the phenomenology and stuff like that. So, you know, there's definitely a very body centric idea that I've always had with these kind of practices. And so, like, why is it missing from this? Interesting question. But for me, even more is like, I don't want that missing. So, you know, and, and so like, it is part of this one thing, but also like what, from, from an intellectual point of view, it's, it's interesting to think about why is it not in here Mm -hmm. or was it, and it dropped off or, or whatever. And how do I satisfy that within my practice that doesn't butt heads with the, the teachings within the, within Buddhism, you know, and, and so you know, I do do these like, you know, my morning time for like meditation and cultivation is, you know, it involves all this different seasonal Qigong and dao Yin and different nadan practices along with typical Buddhist meditation, which fit very seamlessly.
1: Is I that what it, you mean by uh, you reject, you know? The, how the body is not important am i hearing that message yeah. right yeah because i yeah. like yeah i think I'm that's the problem. a problem pretty <laughs> my i come from a very staunch uh chan okay background yeah. so like minimal amount of study quote-unquote you know it's just you feel it yeah that's feel it <laughs> yeah you don't feel it you don't feel it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and it's like yeah okay yeah, <laughs> like we 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 have this really funny thing in the temple. Whenever we try and organize something, it's like don't plan it, chant it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like kind of the way that we do everything. And so, like when I get when I hear a lot of people talk about the philosophy of the religion, it's a little bit like abstract for me. So I'm just trying to like
2: yeah yeah clarify. No, okay, and and you know. The caveat too for me it's I'm, I'm a work in progress right like I, right. I'm, I i work with these things i've i've never like oh yes i've got this answer yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm you suspect know. of anybody that says that about any of these pursuits <laughs> right
1: oh yeah theravada got that yeah what's next
2: <laughs> oh it's like that great if you ever want a good laugh uh tom introduced me to this youtube um the sickest buddhist it's this funny parody video of a guy doing this rap kind of song thing about this kind of the the ills of modern faux spirituality but at one point he's on a, on the phone to his girlfriend and he's like yeah babe I'm at the ashram that hour meditation nailed it in 10 <laughs> That's awesome I like that I like that a
0: lot. awesome
2: Yeah it's really funny <laughs> um so yeah I
1: totally yeah went off on a tangent oh you gotta
2: yeah well oh, um my students always make fun of me for that like the minute i got two dry erase boards in my teaching space they're like oh no <laughs> <laughs> the tangents they're they're multiplying <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean that's it, it, the other thing i think is that kind of piggybacking off that video is uh one thing that my study of quote unquote spiritual stuff and within this also the chinese martial arts and martial arts in general and medicine has been like the perils of this kind of eclecticism that you can see of this stuff that's kind of thrown together because you you think you're going to answer this this problem or this like with oh you know i I like Gnostic contemplatory practice, but then I I like this Sufi thing, so I'll put that in here. And oh, I like these guys with the way they do this, and then I'll put Buddhist meditation in here, and then I'll put the and you know and that never gets anywhere because um, you're taking all these these disparate things and throwing them together, and you see it in martial arts too, right? Like oh I'll I'll do this little bit and this little bit and this little bit from but then you've just got a bunch of stuff that with no cohesive principle behind it. Um, so I think that's been an interesting lesson too. And so as much as I like, like transpersonal studies, I also know that like, it's an explanatory map, but it's not necessarily telling you what I think some people take it to be where like, Oh, you can just pick and choose. Yeah, that, that doesn't seem to me to be very productive whenever I've seen it. So, so yes, you know, you've got this Taravan and Buddhist practice that for me sometimes ignores the body, but you know, I, I feel fortunate because I've got the martial arts and the medicine and these other practices Mm -hmm. like these alchemical practices that don't get in the way of that and, and form this kind of continuum. So while I'm still struggling with this idea of like looking at the suttas and going, what is he really saying? What's this, you know? So you've got that, that continual thing about violence, Mm -hmm. um, that I still work with and try to suss out and, you know, and also with like, that ability to say, you know, maybe, maybe the tradition's wrong. Right. right? Like, I don't, I don't have to, you know, you, that has to be there, but not as your default, because then mm-hmm. you just dismiss everything. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, and that's not right. Like what good is a process if it's not going to forge you, right. And mm-hmm. forging doesn't happen when you're comfortable. Totally. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: What that also reminds me of though, right. Uh, is, The process philosophy idea of the universe being in this kind of evolutionary state and that Mm -hmm. in process theology right that the divine actually is also in an evolutionary process Mm -hmm. um, which I feel like is a in some respects a very Taoist way of looking at things Um, but so with regards to traditions potentially being wrong it's like and or uh things change right that right it's like you know what was true it doesn't necessarily mean it was untrue correct but again theme of the day theme of the day right yeah right You know, it's like so you know i i don't i fundamentally can't make any claims to have any understanding of how karma does or doesn't operate but Mm. in my in my body the idea that it is uh somebody's keeping score right and like you do this thing which is bad and then this mm-hmm. thing happens i'm like mm, yeah it doesn't really it doesn't resonate with me because i feel like the same way that i feel about you know going to hell because you've been bad i'm like i understand the validity of that as a perspective and a point of view but i i don't i don't think the universe is quite that simple that there's right. a ledger and i definitely don't think that any body or any <clears throat> process is keeping a score like that. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I mean, what the fuck do oh, I know I at the same time? Well, right. But it's just, I'm just
3: yeah. like, yeah, I, I,
0: you know, it's kind of like the idea that this, whatever makes Terran Terran is the thing that reincarnates. I'm like, yeah, I also don't know that I really buy that. Yeah. Like, I'm that's... not saying that it ends with this ride, but I don't think it's like, you know, there's some supra me that persists through all the different like i know plenty of people will totally totally know that that is true yeah i'm always like i mean i don't know that you know
2: yeah listening to that it reminds me of my like i guess if i had to sum it up i have a suspicion of exactness mm -hmm. um where like i like things that are very robust and and or even to to borrow a phrase from uh, Nassim Taleb, like uh, anti-fragile, right? Mm -hmm. Like these processes that gain strength through um, friction, right? And usually things that are very exact that need to be lined up or explained very exact, I tend to see as the most fragile. Mm -hmm. Or like what you're saying, tended to be right at that time but then when pushed into other circumstances become less applicable or even pathological. Right. And so it's like in martial arts, if, if I see a form and it's got this super exact 16 move sequence that answers this one very particular thing, I don't like it. Cause like, Mm. that's really exactly what other good is that movement? What if the person's degrees to the left? Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's like, which is like, When I see like Xing Yichen, you know, I mean, all right, we have this way of generating power in five directions. There's your basis. It's not like, oh, if they do this, do this, do this, do this. It's very robust and you can apply Mm -hmm. it in all these different Mm -hmm. things. And, And I like that in my other pursuits as well, like the medicine or in like what we're talking about now with spirituality. And it's like, so that karmic idea of like, if you do this, this happens and this is bad. And this is, that's too exact for me to be robust in any way. Mm. Uh, you know. That's always uh, how I felt in Chinese medicine school.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, cause I went very, I went to a TCM school and that's, I mean, obviously there was, you know, <clears throat> we, whenever you ask a question, they're like, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I appreciated. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Everybody wanted to nail it down. Like, oh, well, then when you see this, this, and this, that means this. And you're like, maybe. Maybe. But it did feel, I mean, maybe that's just, you know, how you have to teach in some ways.
2: Well, you got to, you got to enter somewhere. Like. Right. Yeah. I mean, you need, you need for like, uh, what's that quote I like? Oh, you can't be free from something unless you've been a prisoner of it first.
3: Mm. Right.
2: And. Mm But I really like that. And the idea that like, look, we have these forms and you follow them, but eventually Mm -hmm. you discard them because you've got that principle, but you got to get there somehow. Right. It's right. It's like that metaphor of like, like that idea that like, all right, I've got 20 people on a dock in the middle of a lake and I'm going to teach them to swim by throwing them all in. You know, a lot of them are going to (laughs) drown. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And some are going to be okay swimmers, but they're going to be crappy swimmers because they're worrying about not dying. And mm-hmm. maybe you get the one or two natural swimmer. Mm-hmm. But, but why, don't, why don't we take the same group of people and teach them how to swim on the shore, then gradually, and then eventually they'll develop their own way of swimming, but nobody dies. And that's great. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's how I feel about this stuff. And it's like, you know, you've got some people that will take and they'll only swim on dry land, right? And we know that's not mm-hmm. the answer. And mm-hmm. then there's the people who say just push them in, and we know that's not the answer. The answer is in the middle again, right? Mm-hmm. And so um and that you know, I have no idea where we just went with this. Uh what we were originally talking about. <laughs> Chinese medicine, spirituality, yeah. oh, karma, that exactness. kind of like, you yeah, know, that's right. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah.
0: Of misplaced concreteness is another yes. lovely <laughs> way to talk about it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, have to, uh to whitehead again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred North. Yeah. Um, everything's a footnote to Plato, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> huge philosophy geek too, in case that it's not apparent. <laughs> um, yeah. My son calls me a, a bookie so instead of a millionaire, I, I definitely am mm. not that. But I he he sees all the books around, and he says it's a like a millionaire of books, a bookie right. there. right. <laughs>
0: Mata just makes the jokes about the mountains of books. Yeah. saying that it? I have more mountains of books than she does. oh ah, yes. Every time a mountain of books moves out, another one comes in.
2: Absolutely, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, but that's so that that exactness. So, like, when I look at the the teachings of karma or these like super exact things i often wonder like maybe at that particular time that was good but what's the underlying idea again Mm -hmm. what's the the lee right the principle Mm um right and that's so to me that's part of it too with this study of buddhism it's like all right these suttas say this and the buddha said this and we have this and is this a universal thing or was this maybe answering a very specific thing at a very specific time right you know so yeah so you know, it's funny, by by the nature of speech, we say, like, right or wrong. But mm-hmm. like you said, it's like, was this true then, but not necessarily now? And what was the underlying thing that he was getting, getting at?
0: Um, well, and one of the things that was stated over and over again um, when I was at Naropa is that the Dharma was meant to change with hmm. context and condition, right? Mm-hmm. Because the Dharma was a skillful means for helping people to become liberated yeah so that like in some respects it seems built in to any teaching of the buddha where it's like well yes it was true then and right the question is always like what is the lee of the dharma right and as there's these different expressions you know like how does it change and how does it you know what's the appropriate uh spiritual tech
2: right right for
0: liberation in this moment
2: yeah and I mean, so even though I'm a Theravada Buddhist, I have a huge interest in a, and I love reading the different Madhyamaka schools and and uh, the works of Nagarjuna and stuff like that. Or even like uh, with this lockdown, I did um, several online courses that uh, a person, uh, James Mallinson, do you know him? He's a PhD in Sanskrit out of SOAS uh, in mm. Oxford. Mm. Uh, he just wrapped up a five-year Hatha yoga project. Um, and he's, he's also an initiate in the Nath Santra Daya, I believe, or maybe, maybe don't quote me on that, but, uh, but anyway, but it's super interesting to look at like what they've discovered about Hatha yoga. Also doing stuff with like the works of Patanjali or Kashmir shave, like non-dualist mm-hmm, tantras mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where like, what's the underlying thing? And if, if some of these if if something is said to be true, air quotes, um, then you're going to see it in very culturally different milus, right? Mm-hmm. So that's again, I'm, you know, the transpersonal stuff's showing through. But like right. but it's super interesting to look at. That doesn't mean I'm gonna run off and study Kashmir Shaivism or become, you know, like a follow the Groknoth or anything like that, but it's, it's super interesting to see this robustness, like these teachings that have this robustness through time and, oh, lo and behold, they're similar. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, that, that exactness thing is what I, I find sometimes off-putting because that's not really robust, right? That's not the way, as, as things move through time, they, they outwardly change, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our teacher Ed Neal would would say it's it's more a question of resonance, yes, than it is of, of exactitude, right? It's yeah. not it, it's not that the universe is like this is this and A is the same A is the same A there, right? But there is a mm-hmm. resonance between you know first letters of alphabets that are written languages, yeah, right? They're they are all the first letters of the alphabets, and so that yeah. has a certain kind of resonance significance, you know. Oh, that, yeah. that does whatever. I'm totally riffing here, but. Um, Uh, But
2: that's, I love that word. It's, it's, you know, Um, but yeah, no, that's true. And so you, 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 you see it like, you know, because I'm this eternal nerd geek, however you want to put it, like it's super interesting to look at that, those resonances between those things, but also knowing that like you got to follow a path, like, you know, because you can get too distracted, especially like, you know, first world martial arts problems, right? Like, Oh, I can, I can do this and this and that and i can do an online course with this and i can well Mm -hmm. how about we focus and (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. so i have no idea if any of this has answered your question about spirituality (laughs) (laughs) the
0: the question is just an opportunity to like dive in somewhere and and see what what we can understand and discover together so yeah yes it's great um (laughs) And on that note, we're coming up on ninety minutes, which is usually oh, about <laughs> what we ask of someone who's a playmate in this conversational space. <laughs> so, uh, are there any things that you want to say in closing? Are there, um, you know, projects that you're working on that you would want people to know about? If that's the kind of thing, are you, you know, like since we have an audience, is there anything you want to let them know about as we wrap things up? <laughs> Other uh, than I'm what we we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: oh, other than the one thing. Uh, no. no. Other
0: than the <laughs> one thing.
2: <laughs>
1: what else no, can I mean, we say? I, well, no, yeah, <laughs> right. there it is. Awesome. Do, you yeah, do you have no, any classes you need to boost enrollment in or anything like that?
2: No, I I teach on a private basis. Oh, okay. um, yeah, no, because I, you know, I teach out of my house and I, I teach privately. It's uh, ah, okay. It's a bit different when people... Like if somebody asked to study, I, I go out and meet them for coffee first and
3: mm, get mm, a
2: fit and then tell them how it kind of works if they fit. And, yeah. You know, so I gotcha. don't, you know, I don't, I don't, ha- I'd like to get a public space and eventually offer some of these arts more publicly. But right now, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah I, you know, and with my son having the, the homeschool summer off, you know, I've just been practicing on my own more. <laughs> sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, Wes, thank you.
0: This has been awesome. Oh, thank yeah, you. Thanks, was Wes. Fun. Yeah, man. Pleasure to meet let's, you. Let's Pleasure do it again you. sometime for sure. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. We can dive you know me, more I'll... into
0: the philosophical end of things maybe for uh, a round two because yeah. there's a little bit of geekiness in, in that zone over here too.
2: Yeah, no, I'll, yeah. I'll, you know me, I'll tangent till the cows come home. So. Yeah. Man. <laughs>
0: it's been great.
2: <laughs> well, thank you both. I appreciate it. Thank you. Honor to be thank
0: here. You. Oh no, so. it's totally—it's our honor and our pleasure.
2: <laughs> All right, great. All right. Well, take care of yourselves. You Likewise, too. my friend. All Good right. connect. All right. Same here. Take thank care. you very much. Thank you. All right. Take care.